Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this Easter morning. Wonderful to see you today as we gather to celebrate and give thanks to God for his wonderful gifts, especially the gift of the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ is risen, and because he is risen, we will rise too. We will receive that blessed gift from our Lord and our Savior. What a wonderful thing to celebrate today and give thanks to God for. Uh, for our friends worshiping online today, a reminder to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there under the resources tab, you'll find a link for the bulletin so you can follow along with the service. Also, there's a link under the Give tab for you to give your offering to the Lord and His church. Uh, part of our celebration today, of course, will be sharing the Lord's Supper together so that you are aware the method of distribution for Holy Communion this morning will be the continuous method. Now, we've done that before, so we're kind of used to that. But just to remind you, uh, you'll be coming down the center aisle, and then if you sit on this side, you'll be going this way back to your pew. If you sit on this side, you'll go this way. Um, looks like the brass is taken all up this, this area, but they're not. There's an aisle for you there, so you just walk in front of the brass, and you can get back to your, uh, back to your pew. Just a few other announcements before we, we start to worship today. Chapel of the Cross will be hosting the Box Society of St. Louis Young Artist Concert on Saturday the 23rd of April at 3 p.m. That's going to be a free concert, uh, but advanced registration is strongly recommended for that. There is a website to register, and that's listed on, the, on the, one of the pages of your Chapel Weekly today. So put that on your calendar Saturday, April 23 at 3 p.m. On Saturday, April 30th, the next Saturday, we will join to give thanks to God for the life and the ministry of Pastor Norm Meyer. Uh, join us as we, we, rem we remember and as we give thanks to God for a very special pastor and a very special friend. Uh, that service will begin at 10.30 in the morning, and then we will have a luncheon following the service down in the gym. If you are able and if you're willing to help with that luncheon, please sign up on that sheet at the Welcome Center. We're looking forward to summer camp starting on May 31st. The theme for summer camp this year is One Way, and that's from Jesus' words, I am the way and the truth and the life. And we've got registration packets available at the Welcome Center. If, if uh, somebody in your family or from your neighborhood might be interested in summer camp, please take one or more of those and share that with them. And one of our important ministries here at Chapel that needs your support is our radio ministry. As you might remember, our worship service is broadcast on KFUO AM 850 on Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. Uh, you may support that powerful outreach tool by supporting one or more of our, our broadcasts, by sponsoring one or more of our broadcasts. The sign-up sheet is located in the hallway, which leads down to room A and by the library near the stairway there. If you don't know where that is, just let me know after church or one of our staff and we can point that out to you. Thanks for your support of that important ministry. God's blessings on our Easter worship today. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Jesus Christ is Risen Today, as that's printed in your bulletin. We stand to sing it together.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The angel spoke to the women. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Christ has destroyed death. Alleluia. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, the Father, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you have opened death and opened the gate of everlasting life to us. Grant we who celebrate with joy the day of our Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The Old Testament reading is from the 65th chapter of Isaiah. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice, rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered a curse. They will build houses and dwell on them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat the straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. 
epistle reading is from the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn of the word.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our risen and our victorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of the most impressive structures on this earth are, or they contain, tombs. Have you realized that? Think about it. The pyramids of Egypt, Taj Mahal, Westminster Abbey. A couple days ago I read that while doing reconstruction work at Notre Dame in Paris, workers found a 14th century well-preserved sarcophagus, long forgotten, buried in that floor of that incredible cathedral. There are many, many beautiful buildings throughout our world that serve as tombs. But there is one tomb that overshadows any other in significance. More significant than the pyramids, than the Taj Mahal, the Notre Dame. It's a tomb just outside of Jerusalem, owned by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. And this tomb contained the body of Jesus of Nazareth on Friday. But on Sunday, it was empty. You know, all all those other tombs, for all of their tons of limestone and marble and granite, for all their grandeur and their beauty and their magnificence, all are, are silent testimonies to the power of death and death's power over people. You know, when archaeologists, or in some cases grave robbers, first opened, say, the pyramids, for example, they, they found bodies of the pharaohs. When they looked inside that sarcophagus at Notre Dame with an endoscopic camera, they found a, a, a pillow of leaves, they found some fabric in there, and of course they found a skeleton, a dead body. But when the women came, to anoint the body of Jesus at Joseph's tomb, they found that stone rolled away and that tomb empty. It was empty because Jesus had triumphed over death. It was empty because he is risen and he is alive again. Empty. You know, usually that's kind of a negative word, isn't it? In a, um, an optimist views the glass as half full, right? But what does the pessimist view it as? It's half empty. When your gas tank is empty, what do you do? Well, you take out a little loan, and then you fill it up. It's not good to have an empty gas tank. If somebody calls you empty-headed, well, that is not meant as a compliment. But, but on this day, empty is gloriously positive. Empty is everything. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Look at the place where he lay. That place is empty because Jesus lives. But that tomb being empty was not gloriously positive for the women who came to the tomb on that first Easter morning. You know, if you would have seen them coming that morning walking toward the cemetery and you would ask those ladies, hey, what's up, ladies? They would certainly not have responded with, oh, is risen indeed. No, not that day. At least, 
Not yet. What's up, ladies? Well, they were up early that morning carrying heavy spices to a tomb to anoint a dead body. But they weren't up. They were down. You heard it in the Gospel reading from Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They were up, but their faces were down. Because hope, the hope that they had in Jesus, the hope that they had in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, that hope was not up. Hope is down. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. Hope was down. I mean, literally, in their posture, bowed down, their faces to the ground. Of course, I mean, they had good reason to feel that way. I mean, after all, hope had been so high as they followed Jesus Christ. Think about all that they had witnessed, all the experience, all that they had seen and heard. The, the teachings of Jesus, the healings, the miracles, the Palm Sunday parade. Hope had been so high. But perhaps it had been the kind of hope that Paul warns us about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the only for this life kind of hope. And now all of that seems to have been taken away. And so now their hope is down. They are bowed down, faces to the ground, because things were bad. And then they got worse. Actually, it seemed like everything was great until the Garden of Gethsemane. And you had the, the mob and the, the soldiers and the betrayal and the arrest. They had hope that Jesus could escape all of that. But he didn't. Judas kissed the betrayal. That hands Jesus over to the authorities. But the people who followed Jesus, they must have thought, well, certainly there's a way out of this for Jesus. We have seen him accomplish oh, so many things. And you can almost hear him say to one another, oh, keep your hopes up. Jesus will come through. But then the trial and the false witnesses and there are the terrible accusations and they saw Jesus taken away. Hope down. And per perhaps they thought, well, maybe, just maybe, Pilate will help. Maybe he will kind of just see through this charade that, that the religious leaders were, were going through to get Jesus. I mean, Pilate has the power, after all. Surely he could put those charlatans in their place. But in horror, they watch Pilate wash his hands before that crowd and then hand Jesus over to them. And they lead Jesus to Calvary. They place him on a cross. They pierce his hands and his feet. And they hoist his body into the air. And there they leave him 
to die. You would think that that would be the lowest moment of hope. And yet it wasn't. Because on Sunday morning, they go to that tomb, and now, no body. Was it moved? Was it taken away? Stolen? Is it any wonder that Luke 24, verse 5, describes the women this way? Frightened, bowed down, faces to the ground. Hopeless. In fact, later that day, other disciples were on their way back walking toward the city or the village of Emmaus and they met Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus, but they met Jesus and they were talking to him about their hope this way. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. Notice the past tense. They had hope at one time, but now there's no longer any hope. Hope seems to be gone forever. And now they are hopeless. Now, that doesn't just describe them back then. I think that that describes a lot of people today. Frightened, bowed down, faces to the ground, hopeless. Maybe that even describes some of us. In this church today, whose life has not been touched by the deep hopelessness of grief? I mean, death is so very real and it can hit us like a ton of bricks. And Satan uses that grief of ours to try to pry our faith away from us and just sink us down into hopelessness. Who has not looked at the tough circumstances of life? The heartaches we go through, the chronic illness, the pile of bills on the counter, the pains that we face, the broken relationships, the, the situation that doesn't seem to have a good ending. Who's looked at all that and not felt that deep, dark hopelessness? Who has not looked at the lives of our loved ones, our, our parents or our children or our grandchildren, and not felt anxiety, not felt even fear over their future. Which one of us hasn't walked in hopelessness? Oh, we know what hopelessness is like. We know what it is. We know what it is like to stumble through that hopelessness and struggle to find our way. And so Mary and the other women, they walk in that deep hopelessness. What's up, ladies? <laughs> Not us. Because life seems so hopeless. But they at least could provide Jesus with a decent burial. So they stumble on through the hopelessness and they walk to that cemetery. But in a moment, just a moment, everything changed. Those ladies who got up early on that Sunday and they stumbled to the cemetery in hopelessness, they were certain of one thing. They were certain that they would find the dead body of Jesus to anoint. But when they got there, they found that that stone was rolled away and that tomb was empty. And then angels appeared to them. And they had a very good question for those ladies. Why do you look for the living among the dead? 
Why are you looking for Jesus in a cemetery of all places? He is not here because he is alive. He has risen. Those words, that fact, changes everything. Grief becomes joy. Fear becomes love. Darkness becomes light. Death becomes life. And those who were hopeless are now renewed in hope. And Matthew's Gospel tells us as, as they were running away from the tomb, hurrying back to tell the disciples what the angels had said, Jesus himself meets them on the way. I mean, there he was in the flesh, very much alive. And they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. The only one who could show them the way. The only one who could scatter their fear. The only one who could lighten their darkness. The only one who could restore their hope. He came to them. There in the middle of death, in a cemetery, Jesus came bringing hope. And Jesus came bringing life. And Jesus came bringing hope. Oh, they, they would still have to face a future and they would still have to face challenges. But they knew that they would be facing those challenges as they were guided and as they were led by Jesus. They knew that they would be facing those challenges wrapped in the love of God and empowered by the hope of Christ. They knew that they would be facing those challenges with Christ at their side. Because he is alive. Because he is risen. And they knew that not even death could separate him from them. That is the very same promise that each one of us has on this Easter Sunday. You know, God knows the challenges that you face. He knows those things that cause hopelessness in our lives. Those tough challenges. Challenges of illness, loneliness, work, family, money, anxiety, sadness, fear, and especially our greatest challenge, our greatest enemy, death. God knows all about the hopelessness that can come into our lives. But Jesus comes to you in the bright light of Easter and he says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There is nothing that can tear you away from your God because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not illness or loneliness or work or family or money or anxiety or sadness or fear or hopelessness or even death. St. Paul puts it this way. He says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the hopelessness that we face, Jesus is there with you. In the troubles that come, Jesus is there with you. Nothing can keep your God from your side. That is your promise this Easter. Not even death can separate you from the love of your God because of the light of Easter. Christ is risen for you. He battled against death and he won for you. 
The only one who could show us the way. The only one who could scatter our fear. The only one who can, who can bring light into the darkness. The only one who can restore our hope. He comes to us. Jesus comes bringing joy. Jesus comes bringing life. Jesus comes bringing hope. And yes, there are still challenges that we face. There's always going to be challenges that we face this side of heaven. But today, we know how the story ends. So we don't live like it's still Friday in the darkness of grief and the darkness of hopelessness. We live in, in the light and in the joy and in the hope of Jesus Christ. Because we are Easter people. Because we know Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. It was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father of mercy, you sent your Son to suffer in our place and you raised him up in victory over sin in the grave. Give us faith that we may believe in him for our forgiveness, life, and salvation. For Christ is risen. He is risen risen indeed. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we live in a culture of distractions and diversions. Help us to focus our hearts and our minds on the things of first importance, Christ's death and resurrection for sinners. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Lord, you sent a messenger to proclaim Jesus' resurrection to the women on Easter morning. Inspire us to share the message of Jesus' resurrection throughout the world. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. There are many in this world who have been abused neglected, and abandoned, Lord, suffering at the hands of evil people. Spread Christ's resurrection victory into their lives of pain and hopelessness. Raise them from darkness into your light. For Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Lord, we commend to your care all those who are ill or injured or who are infirm. And today we especially remember Norma Young, Suzanne Ramaha, and B. Doherty as she is hospitalized. Sustain them in their trials. Use them as your witnesses, even in their adversity. Grant them wise and compassionate doctors, nurses, therapists, and caregivers. And if it be your will, restore their health. Comfort them with the hope of resurrected bodies that will be ours when Jesus returns. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. O Lord, especially on this day when we celebrate your resurrection from the dead, we ask you to comfort all those who mourn the death of loved ones. Help them find strength in your resurrection that they may know the joy of a happy reunion in heaven with all those who have departed this life in faith in you. Embrace them with the hope of the resurrection that is ours. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Gracious God, as we come to your table, we ask for thankful hearts that we may faithfully receive the risen body and blood of our Lord Jesus. Grant that these sin-forgiving and life-sustaining gifts, the very body and very blood of Jesus Christ, would strengthen our hearts and our faith this day. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Lord God, on this festival day, we celebrate also with those who are experiencing special gifts of your grace. Especially today, we give thanks with Carolyn Hanneman as she celebrates her 97th birthday today. And Brian and Lisa Lackey and grandparents Glenn and Joyce Lackey upon the baptism of their son and grandson, Paxton James, this past Monday. Continue to bless, to lead, and to guide Carolyn and Paxton as they and their loved ones rejoice. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate the feast of victory of our Lord, we confess to God and before one another, we have not always lived as children of God. We pray. Most merciful God, we confess to you and before one another that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Our witness to Jesus Christ has often been timid. We have often allowed other people and the things of this world to get in the way of obedience to you. At times, we have neglected the means of grace and have not loved our brothers and sisters as we ought. For the sake of Jesus Christ, forgive us and renew us. Empower us by your Holy Spirit, that we may live for your glory and in service to you and others. God is merciful. Even before we were aware of our sin, God sent his Son into this world of sin to be made sin for us. In his death and glorious resurrection, he provided forgiveness for our sin, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he restores us to his family. It is my privilege and delight, as a called and ordained servant of the word, to forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, with repentant and renewed hearts then, prepare to receive the gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, as we gather around the table of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Thanks and praise to our God. God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly 
right to praise you, O Lord, for the sake of Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave in our place, and through whom we have been restored to your family. In his name we offer you our gifts of praise and thanksgiving. Gathered in his name and together with all who have gone before us in the faith and all who are yet to follow, with angels and archangels and all the hosts of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, praising you for your grace and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated.
Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness, life, and salvation which we have received in the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you have given us this foretaste of the feast to come, strengthen us that we may be bold in our witness until the day when you call all believers to feast forever around your throne of grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together. <laughs>